0: Uh, In January, we uh, talked as a church about how we want to be a church that is a growing and healthy church, and how to do that. We think that we need to be growing and healthy in three directions, up in and out. Um, these are core three kind of core directions that in our life we need to be not just staying stagnant in, not just kind of camping out in because I'm in an okay place with God, whatever, but moving on in. Up in our relationship with God. Up is the, the, kind of the first point of the triangle. How is your walk with God? Is it exciting? Are you growing? Are you learning? Are you developing? Are you like Chris just shared? Are you getting into the word? Are you hearing what he has for you? Are you listening? Are you following Um, in in our relationship as with each other because god didn't just send us to be like individual people who believe in god god's aim isn't to have a whole bunch of individual people everyone on the planet living an individual relationship with him his plan is a body a church a church that lives out the love of god in covenant and relationship with each other so how is your life growing with with people in this room um Obviously, there's a number of people who are part of our church who we need to have this conversation more with because they're all on holiday, um, But uh, which isn't allowed, by the way. If you're a part of a church, you're not allowed to go on holiday. Uh, you have to be here every week at half ten, which incidentally means that a lot of us need to have a conversation about your loyalty to in. Um, but it's about, no, it's not really about that. It's about um, how are you growing in relationship? Are you living life with people? Are you accountable? Are you sharing? Are you talking? If, if you were to fall off the end of the earth, would someone notice um, and if someone else, if the person sitting next to you were to fall off the end of the earth, would you notice? Some of you are married to them, so I hope so. Um, uh, but it's, it's that kind of thing. How are we growing as church together? Because God created us to be the body of Christ, right? Right? And then out, finally, Um, because God doesn't want a holy huddle. God doesn't want a righteous church that never impacts or talks to anyone else. God wants us to be in relationship with those outside of these walls, outside of relationship with God, and seeing our faith as it's lived out among us impact our world and see more people come and join the family of God and grow in, in, in relationship with him. And Basically, my first challenge is this. Look at the triangle and think, how am I doing? Should we just spend 20 seconds doing that? Maybe think, which is my strongest angle at the moment? Which is my strongest direction? And which one have I not grown in this last six months? Is that okay? I'm not going to ask you afterwards or get you to confess to the person next to you. But just for your, for your own self, let's just take 10, 15, 20 seconds and just think about this together. Go. Okay, how did you find that? Good. Um, let's move on <laughs> um, we're going to look at these uh, three angles a little bit over the next few weeks kind of use August as a little bit of a chance to recap and recalibrate and and kind of review this stuff and I'm going to look uh, today at this one, at up, how is our up life with God going are we growing, are we learning, are we thinking um, are we moving, and where did I put my little pen, my problem is that I leave things everywhere, great um Okay, so we're going to look at that. Now, actually, we're going to tie in a little bit with something that Chris shared um, earlier as well. Uh, but, okay, how many of you know the book of Deuteronomy? Most of you. Uh, how many of you didn't know it existed until I just said that? W- okay, good. We're doing okay. <laughs> Josh at the back. <laughs> You're just a sound man. You don't need to know. Um, and, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. He knows I'm kidding. Okay, I'm not... I'm, Oh gosh, Um, The book of Deuteronomy uh, is at the end of Moses' ministry with the people of God. So basically Moses has led the people of God out of slavery in Egypt and he's led them around the, um, the wilderness for 40 years because God saw that they weren't ready to enter the promised land yet. And so Moses has been leading them around the promised land for 40 years. He's at the end of his life, the end of his ministry, and he's brought them basically to just the wrong side of the Jordan from where they're aiming for so just shy of the destination and Deuteronomy is Moses is basically it's his farewell sermon to the people of of God so he's looking out at the people of God as crowd a little bit bigger than what we've got today but you know Um, and he's thinking wow look at all that God wants to do in these people Look at how he wants to bring them into the land that he's prepared for them. How he wants them to take the land and own it. How he wants them not just to be there, but to be a shining light for his glory and his presence there. To be a model of who God is there. To be all that it means to be the people of God. And he's looking at them and thinking, what is the piece of advice that I need to give these people? What will be the thing that keeps them on the straight and narrow, with God? What is going to be the thing that helps them unlock their destiny? And how can I share that with them? And in chapter 6 of Deuteronomy, he says this little thing that has come to be regarded as like the core of the Old Testament law. I don't know if Moses knew that when he said it, but um, he said something, and basically, through the years, people were like, oh my gosh, that is it isn't it? That's the center point of, of faith in God. And, and to the point that it, through tradition, through hundreds of years, it kind of became something that Jewish people would recite morning and night. Every day they would wake up, they would say this thing that Moses said. And every, more, every evening when they went to bed, they would say it again. And when Jesus was asked by uh, the teachers of the law, and I read it earlier, which is the most important commandment in the Old Testament? He didn't go to one of the Ten Commandments. He went to this and said, this is the core of the Old Testament law. If, you're gonna, if you need to know something as the people of God, you need to know this. If you need to live something as the people of God, you need to live this. And what he said was this. It, you can find it in Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verses 4 and 5. He said, hear, O Israel, the Lord... Our God, the Lord is one. Or I put the Lord alone because that's actually better. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And with all your strength. Now, I love, I love this bit. I love it because, <laughs> because the core command to us, the thing that the law hangs on, the thing that the whole Old Testament and, in some senses, much of the New Testament hangs on, isn't a command to just religious obedience, and it's not a tactic for how to take the land in a military kind of style. It's not a church growth strategy, it's not a political strategy, it's a command to love. That actually the love of God is the first and the last thing on our agenda. Love of God has got to be like completely prime for us. You shall love the Lord your God. I love that it's not about um, an idea, it's about a person. It's about the Lord. The Lord is our God. He has a name. He has an identity. He loves you. He brought you out of Egypt and rescued you and brought you. He's bringing you into the promised land. This is who he is. And the main thing I want to give you, says Moses, is this. Love the Lord your God. And everything else flows from there. So really this morning, first of all, how's your love life with God? For me, my love life with God um, kind of looks a little bit like this. Up, down, up, down, up, up. That's a conference that week. (laughs) Down. (laughs) That's getting on the motorway home. Up, 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 down. Anyone else have a similar kind of graph in their life? How many of you would love to have a walk with God that just looked like this? Or preferably still... Just up, 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 up. Does anyone else struggle with the same thing as me? Like, how in practice do you grow in your love for God? How, how do we do that? Because if you, if you were to be told, um, love the, uh, you know, we have a weird kind of 21st century attitude to love, I think. Sorry, I'm making this really hard for Stefan. I realize, sorry, Stefan, I'm talking really fast and not in sentences. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Um, but um, we have a kind of 21st century attitude to love, that love is mainly a thing about feelings, it's mainly a thing of the kind of uh, the emotions, the heart, spontaneity, excitement, drama, Ooh. and often it's hard to sustain that over any period of time. So if we think of love like that, the likelihood is it will look like this in our lives. And I think I think that's a key thing. Like, I, think, I think God actually does want us to feel in love with him. I think that's a big thing. But I think mainly what he's talking about here is attitudes and decisions and choices and behaviors that actually behave in love for God. C.S. Lewis said something really cool. He said, um, some writers use the word charity to describe not only Christian love between human beings, but also God's love for man and man's love for God about the second of these two people are often worried they are told they ought to love god but they cannot find any such feelings in themselves anyone ever have that you're like i know i should love god but i'm not I'm, i don't i'm not i don't love god like i don't i just feel kind of indifferent to him some days
1: anyway,
0: don't stone me um uh, but yeah um they're told to love god they can't find such feelings in themselves what are they to do the answer is the same as before. Act as if you did. <laughs> do not sit trying to manufacture feelings. Ask yourself, if I were sure that I loved God, what would I do? And when you have found the answer, go and do it. So think, OK, what, what does a heart completely yielded to God look like? What is to love God with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, with all my strength look like? And then we live like that. Do you know what I think? I think if we do that, the emotions follow as well. Has anyone ever found that um, when you're in a relationship and things get a bit uh, stale? I've never had this. Um, but you're in a relationship, things get a bit stale. Um, and that then actually, a, a really good way to reinvigorate uh, your relationship is, isn't to spend less time together. It's to go on dates to uh, have fun, to uh, go to places that you used to go to and find really exciting, and do things that you used to do that you found really exciting, and and then the feelings come back again. Have you ever found that? No one. <laughs> no, two people. That's great. Uh, uh, Melissa's still waiting for it to work. Uh, she's just living regret at the moment. No, she's not. Hello. Too much? <laughs> oh, dear. Um... Yeah, okay, back. In a minute, I'm going to get you to do an activity. Are you ready? I say that in advance because often I say that just as I'm about to get you to do it, and then people are like, what? I wasn't listening to what he said. So I've said, in a minute, I'm going to get you to do an activity as a kind of fair warning to you that you need to listen to this bit. Good, we're all on the same page. Um, Now, um, we are told in this passage to love God with our heart, our soul and our strength. Now, because of the way that language works over time, words change, meanings change. What people hear when they hear different words changes. So you may notice that when Jesus quotes this Deuteronomy passage uh, later on in Matthew, Mark, and I can't remember Luke. I think um, he he adds in another word, which is cheating when you quote scripture. Um, can 't just i 'm not allowed just to add in stuff, but jesus is uh, but the reason he does it he adds in this word here mind, oh gosh, sorry um he adds in this word mind' and I think it 's because basically the meaning of heart shifted a little bit so so to us, heart means emotions right if you if you if I love you with my whole heart, then I love you from the depth of my i love you with all my flowery emotions and things like that and passion and and but but for the hebrews when when deuteronomy was written the heart was really how we think of our brain okay so when when you read the word heart think think kind of mind as well so it's kind of the seat of reason the seat of thought this is where they thought they made decisions um, uh, because this is where you feel the weight of stuff, isn't it? Here, so they kind of thought that. So, so think kind of decisions, thoughts. That's kind of heart. Okay. Um, but also, uh, when whoever's in this group, I'm going to allow you to to do our meaning of heart as well, because it's really the whole thing. So also kind of emotions and things like that. Now, what is soul? We get really confused about soul. um, Because for a lot of us, um, soul is this disembodied thing inside us that when I die, my soul stays alive, floats up and disappears off into heaven, or something like that. It's kind of this ethereal kind of thing. Uh, but really, for the Hebrews, again, that's not what soul means. Soul is, is the word nefesh, and it literally just means the whole of me. It's my integrated whole. It's my body, my, my emotions, my feelings, my everything, my talents, my uh, what I'm good at. The little thing that makes you you is your soul. So when in Genesis, it says God breathed life into man and he became a living soul, a living being. He became um, alive and his life is his soul. Does that make sense? Excellent. Um, good luck to those of you who get that one. So this is kind of my meanness, my wholeness. My We talk about holistic gospel. That's kind of what soul is, really. Uh, so mind, I would see that as kind of, this is, uh, this is academic stuff. This is what I think about. This is when no one's looking. What's my thought life doing? This is, um, well, you know what your mind is. Make up your mind. Um, and uh, and then strength, now this is a very strange word that we're going to come back to in Hebrew the word translated as strength is actually an, uh, what's normally an adjective and it's the word meodicha and literally it just means your everythingness your muchly muchness, your veryness so it's normally an adjective that means exceedingly or totally so Moses is saying love God with your very love god with your exceedingliness love god with your veriness and what i think this means what this has been taken to mean over time is, is this is everything that i can reach this is everything that's within my control so whereas soul is me personally m- strength is what uh, how is things like my money is things like my power my position my role at work this is my family This is my, if I have a car, my car is my meodachah. If I have my, if I have shoes, which I don't, then they would be my, my, does that make sense? So everything that you have at your disposal belongs in love to God. needs to be directed at love to God. So here is your challenge. Are you ready? Are more of you ready than that? glory in the highest. Okay, Um, I'm going to split you into four groups. But within those groups, you're obviously going to need to get yourself into subgroup because you're going to need two bigger groups to really do things as a group. I think you understand. So um, one of you, one of the groups is going to think about, okay, what if I were to love God with all of my heart, what might be some practical things that my life that would happen in my life as a result of that, that my life would do, that I would do as a result of that. One of the groups will think, okay, what if I were to love God with my whole soul, with all my soul? What does that mean in practice? What does that mean on a Monday? What does that mean on a Tuesday? What are practical things that should be happening in my life? The same thing for mind, the same thing for strength. Do you understand? (laughs) So what I want out of this is when we feed back in a few minutes, I want you to give me practical activities that you might say. So, for example, I might ask the strength people, what, what does it mean to, to love God with all your strength? And you might say, well, it means to give all of my money to Forest Hill Community Church. I'm looking for practical examples um, uh, not just like, uh, uh, and so not, you know, uh, oh, you know, I'd probably do more quiet times or something like that. Like, that, that's good, and you're allowed to, but uh, really try and be practical. Try and think through, what does this look like in my everyday life? Now, I'm expecting there to be a lot of overlap between the sections because these aren't four separate things as a part of me, are they? Um, but that's fine. So you guys over here, you're going to do heart, okay? So just get into, into twos, threes, fours, chat about it, and then we'll feedback in a couple of minutes. Uh, Now, the right-hand side of this middle group, you are going to do soul. What does it mean to love God with all my soul? The left-hand side of this middle group are going to do mind. What does it mean to love God with all my mind? You guys are going to do strength. You've got the easy one. Um, What does it mean to love God with all your strength? I'm going to give you three or four minutes. Does everyone understand? Good. If you don't, just come and ask. Bye. Bye. Okay, let's start with group number one, uh, which is you guys over here. Uh, Anyone want to volunteer any thoughts? How do you love God with your whole heart? Now, children, I do need you to be quiet. Okay, uh, practical ways that we might love God with our whole heart. Anyone got any suggestions over here? Yes, Becky. Oh, hang on, I'm going to bring you the mic, because that's a much better idea than me standing here. Very? Don't heresize. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we climb up with the idea of, um, stop it, <laughs> quality time. <laughs> um, so following on for a little bit what you said, and um, what Glenn said, was um, in a relationship with someone you spend quality time with them, so prayer time, and spending time with God in the time of the day when you're most alert, most awake, most engaged with him. Okay, so spending time with God, giving him the quality time, not just the scrap ends of time, but the best time. Yeah, down the front here. We uh, he said a lot of things, but um, also, you know, like people should see in your own heart the love of God. So when you're connecting with other people, that that's a really important thing that, you know, you just need to show that love. We had a lot of stuff. Anything mm-hmm. else? That's that's really good so 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 it should be an overflow of love it should be a visible thing it shouldn't just be something that people can look at you and not see it's got to be flowing out yeah prayer okay amazing prayer is good anyone think prayer isn't good
1: uh we had quite a dis- discussion here in our group so uh just a bit, just a bit. <laughs> well i will i will uh say my point of view um and it's about asking God all the time, what is His perspective of uh, every situation. Wow.
0: Yeah. Okay, so, so saying to God, "What is Your perspective?" Having an attitude of prayer and listening—that's a massive thing. In this Deuteronomy passage, it's not just saying love God emotionally. The the passage comes, love God, and then it says, "These words that I'm commanding you today, take them with you, write them on everything you've got, make them a part of your going out and your staying in." This listening to God attitude is massive. Okay. Okay, including God in every decision, every point. Yeah, that's really massive, isn't it? How we're big? What about uh, this side here? Which one did I give you? Soul. Uh, any thoughts? How to practically love God with your whole soul? <laughs> Quite a shy group.
1: I can't remember now, so Yvonne will remember. We just thought that loving God with your whole soul was was the whole of who, y- who you are. Um, we thought that all of them it, were kind of very interlinked. The heart, soul, mind and strength was all very interlinked. And that uh, our faith in God affects uh, or should affect absolutely every aspect of our lives. So people should be able to see... Um, who we're following by how we behave in, o- in all aspects of our life, whether it's at work, whether it's with our family, whether it's the way we teach our children and because it's part of our very being. Our faith in God and who Jesus is is part of our very being.
0: Amazing. Okay, I'm going to keep moving on quite fast just because uh, we've got two more to get through and I've still got half an hour to preach, so... um No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Calm down. Um, uh, Heart, soul, mind. You guys have mind. Any thoughts on mind? Back here, Nigel?
1: There were two Bible passages that came to our mind when we were thinking about mind. The first one is where Paul says in Romans 12 about renewing our minds. And the other one is in Colossians 3 which is about, uh, Paul says, Towards this I strive with all the strength that he mightily inspires within me, meaning our Christian maturity. And it seems to me that the idea of becoming mature in Christ and having a renewal of our minds are closely related. At the heart of that, I think, is prayer. And as we pray and as we meet with God, then our minds are renewed and refreshed and strengthened and made more creative and and so on, and challenged and so on. (laughs) I think
0: we could discuss that forever and ever, that topic, actually. It's yeah. an enormous <laughs> subject. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay, amazing. So, yeah, so being with God, having him renew our minds, Christian like developing in Christian maturity and that then affecting everything. Um, it's funny, isn't it? There is so much overlap. Like, these aren't four segmented parts. Um, okay, strength. Uh, who wants to talk here? Andy does. Great. Oh, sorry.
1: I'll be quick. Uh, it struck us how... All four of those are completely interconnected. Um, If you're going to do more on strength, you've got to do more on heart and soul and mind. Um, In strength, if we're talking about giving everything we have control over into the work of God, then one practical way that we might think about that is giving more of our time practically to the things that the church we're in is doing. So that might mean spending more time in a prayer meeting. It might be spending more time helping to clear up the basement here for good. It might be spending a bit more time understanding that all of us that aren't in a home group are on set up today. (laughs)
0: One more. And as the... um Two so, aspects: uh, you know the gifts that God gives each sort of practical things. Some people get it, um, singing, serving, welcoming people, sort of, And there's those very practical can directly link them to something church-like, like um, like you know, worship and um, leading things. Um, then there's sort of I guess the indirect ones where um, you're good at a particular uh, you know, a particular skill or activity in which actually you can I guess integrate into things not people with people not in church and actually connect with other people through those and use your strength to um, have a relationship with other people in which you can bring god to that amazing that's some great thoughts isn't it using all that we have using all our time all our energy all our strengths all our gifts um, and following god in all of them um i just want to i'm gonna uh, round up in just a few minutes okay so give me a happy to give me a few more minutes thank you so much you're very good um I was very interested by the fact uh, that Chris mentioned earlier a king. Can you remember which king he mentioned? Can you remember which king Chris mentioned? Did you mention him? You did mention him. King Josiah. Now, the really interesting thing about King Josiah uh, for me in this context, and bear in mind I just chose to speak on this passage today, um, is that this phrase, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, that phrase is only used one other time in the Old Testament. And it's about a king who did love the Lord his God with all his heart and soul and strength. It's only ever used about King Josiah. Isn't that cool? Um, and how how this looks for King Josiah is this. King Josiah loves the Lord his God with all his heart, soul, and strength by discovering this <laughs> He finds it, or his, it's found by his servants, the book of the law, actually five, five tiny portions of this, but the principle stands the same, so trust me. Um, it's found in, in the temple, and Josiah finds it, and he reads it, and he lets it shape his whole life. He lets it shape his life as a king. He lets it shape his personal life. He lets it shape the business life of his nation. He lets it shape everything. Now, I brought in this today. I don't really use paper Bibles anymore. Um, But just like my love for God goes up and down, my love of his word goes up and down a lot over time. So I have seasons in my life where I get really, really into the Bible, get really excited about the Bible, see new stuff in the Bible every day. And then I get seasons of my life that last for maybe two or three days um, where things are a little bit drier. Things are a little bit more painful, a little bit like, you know, when you come to the Bible, you read it and you're like, really? Like, that's God's word? Anyone? No one had that? You all have that, I know you do when you read like about like, oh my gosh, how is that the Word of God for me today um when i when I was about eighteen, I got this Bible, and I got so excited by it that uh I, like I actually read it Has anyone ever had that? I was like, oh my gosh, this book is so good that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to it. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to study it. I'm going to write on it. I'm going to paint it. I'm going to kick it around on the floor so it looks like I've read it more than I have. And then duct tape it so it looks like I've read it even more than that. Um, and, and this is a part that I'd say this book represents for me, this particular Bible, the height of my biblical journey with God. Do you know the really sad thing is this Bible, I haven't like, this all happened like 10 years ago. That means a decade has gone by since the really high point of my level of excitement with this book. And I think God's calling us back to away from a laxity about the Bible to find in it everything. Do you know what? There's stuff in here. It. It's, it's not just like a certain type of person can get excited about God by living according to this book. It's got stuff in here for everyone. Whatever kind of a person you are, whether you're a scientist, this book will get you excited. If you're a historian, this book will get you excited about God. If you um, are an anthropologist, this book will get you excited about God. If, whatever, this book will get you excited about God. And I think we need to come back to this again. Do you remember when Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he's talking about the vine. Do you remember that? And he says, remain in me and I'll remain in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing, but with me, you can you bear much fruit. And he says, if my words abide in you, if my words abide in you, then you're going to bear so much fruit. Now, this is a tiny part of, of, of what we've been talking about, but I think for me, that God asking me to love him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength today. I think he's asking me to go on another bit of a journey with this. I think there's tons of other stuff that we need to learn. I think you guys, hopefully, we've, we've learned um, together this morning. But I think he's asking me, Sam, can you, can you listen to my words again? Um, in the same way, after Moses has said, um, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He says, take these words and write them. Like, write them on your arm." Write them on your forehead. I mean, you can't read what's on your forehead, but other people can. You write them on your doorpost so that when you go into your house, you see God's word. Write them like by the side of your bed. Take them with you when you're, when you're walking outside the house and when you're inside the house. When you wake up in the morning and when you go to bed at night. Because God wants us to know him. He wants us to know him and to fall more in love with him. And, and an incredible way to do that is to rediscover a passion for God. The Word of God, the Bible. Is that cool? There's tons of other stuff I'm going to say, but I'm not going to say it. Um, I could say, sorry. That's fine, isn't it? We've done enough. Should we pray for each other? Yes. Um, okay, um, just first of all, if there's... if. Uh, Maybe uh, for some of us, you're in a really good place and you're growing. You're growing with God. You're excited. That's great. But if you feel like, oh, I just feel like I used to be excited about God and I'm not, then please just like do something to, like, maybe stick your hands out like this. You know, that's the classic Christian thing to do, just to say, I own that. I'm, I'm, I'm asking for that. I, um, and we're going to pray that God actually helps you to be more excited about him again, to grow in him, to find new passion and, and, and life in him again. So if that's you, just open your hands. You can do it um, visibly or invisibly if you like. And then let's pray. So here, O church, the Lord is our God the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. And Lord, that's our desire. Lord, thank you that you love us and thank you that um, you want all of us. Lord, you don't just want a bit of us, you want all of us. And so Lord, today we don't want to just give you a bit of us, we want to give you all of us. So, Lord, we give you our heart. We give you our passions, our desires, our thoughts. Lord, would you come and move into them again? Would you excite our hearts for you again? Lord, we give you our whole soul, everything that makes us us. Our DNA, our like our uniqueness, we give you that, Lord. We give you the way that you've wired us. We give you our, uh, our inclinations and our moods and our uh, relationships and our everything, Lord. We give you the whole of me. Lord, we give you all our minds. Help us to, to have a new mind. Lord, would you move into our mind again and, and renew it. Lord, help us not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Lord, come. And Lord, we give you all our strength. Lord, we we don't want to have compartmentalized lives where you get a bit and we get most. But Lord, you get everything. Everything that we have at our disposal is yours. We are yours. And Lord, I pray for those here who um, feel like the most exciting time in their walk with you is behind them. Lord, we, we don't ever want to live like that. Lord, we want our passions to be renewed for you. So come and make them new, Lord. Come by your Holy Spirit and make us like those um, early Christians who just couldn't stop talking about what they'd seen and heard, who couldn't stop talking about Jesus because they were just so flippantly excited, so in love, And Lord, that love was so contagious. Lord, that's where we want to be. So I pray that there wouldn't be any kind of a condemnation on us this morning, but Lord, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit and pour out new life into us. Pray that like Adam, when you breathed on him and he came to life, would you breathe on us, help us to come to life in you again. Amen.
1: Thank you very much, Sam. Let's carry on the great adventure of loving God uh, and serving each other as well. Um, It's easy to say, read the Bible. It's not always obvious how to do that well. So if you want some help and support and guidance on how to do that, have a chat to Sam or someone else here afterwards. Uh, It's essential, but you might need help to really get into God's Word. That's so important. We need a couple of volunteers to help serve tea and coffee and get some biscuits out. So if you could do that, that would be lovely. And then we need to, in 15 minutes or so, start to put things back. If you'd like to serve by doing that in response to Andy's word, that would be absolutely wonderful. The complicated kind of wires at the front, leave that to the PA guys. It annoys them if they're kind of yanked out in the wrong way. But um, other stuff over the next half an hour or so, we can put back in the shed the other side of the car park, leave the tables and chairs exactly where they are, Uh, but the the speakers come down and things are put away in the shed. But uh, let's do that like 15 minutes time, not straight away. Let's spend some time in fellowship together first. Thank you.